Hi everyone and welcome to Reflective Thoughts. I wanted to continue a series I've been doing based on the book of Colossians. Uh, so I think this will be like session three in the series. So if you haven't heard it before, you haven't missed too much. Uh, but today I'm going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1 and looking at verses 10 to 12. Now depending on which version of the Bible you have, uh, you might be a bit confused as to where I'm actually reading from. So today I'm going to use the NIV and we're going to look at verses 10, 11, and a bit of 12, but mostly we're going to have an emphasis on 10 and 11. So Colossians chapter 1 verses 10 to uh, 12 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So previously, uh, in previous verses, I looked at this letter to the Colossians. Uh, this is written for all the churches in the area of Colossae, uh, not just to one specific church, but to all different churches in that region. And Paul is writing, uh, writing to this church that he's never actually been to, but uh, Epaphras has gone ahead of him and shared the good news of Jesus Christ to the people of the Colossi area. If we have a look then at the verses that I've mentioned, I'm going to have a look at this idea that there are four actions that please God. Uh, so the first kind of one first point would be that bearing fruit in every good work pleases God. Bearing fruit in every good work. So what is a good work? When Paul is talking about good works, he is not referring to a good work that will get you into heaven. There is only one way into heaven and that is through Jesus. A good work is something that you do for the benefit of someone else. It's walking in obedience to your Lord. The Bible says that there are good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. We are called towards love and good works. And we do these good works out of obedience to scripture and out of a love that flows from the heart from God. It demonstrates God's love in action through us. 
So that would be the first action that pleases God, bearing fruit. The second action then would be growing in our knowledge of God. And some of the things that we need to look at in this kind of area when it comes to growing in our knowledge of God is asking some basic questions like, how do we grow in our knowledge of God? Has the idea of getting to know God better, improving our relationship with God, sorry, that's to say that growing in the knowledge of God has the idea of improving your relationship with God in a mental capacity and a spiritual capacity. Can I ask you this question then? What did you learn about God this week? Is there something that you have learnt about God that you haven't really learnt about before, you haven't heard before? And did your relationship with God improve? Did it improve? Is Have you been sort of stuck in a comfort zone and you really feel that you know all you need to know about God and there's no desire to learn more? Do you have a measuring stick or a journal, a way of seeing how you grew with God? This knowledge that is being referred to must be grounded in God's word. God reveals himself to us and enables us to become more aware of who he is by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not just head knowledge, but it becomes a, re a revelatory experience of God. It touches both our heart and our minds. So, both bearing fruit and growing in our knowledge of God work together. It's theory and practice, if you like. The third point, then, would be that endurance and patience comes by the strength that God provides. I want to spend some time on this section because this section has this powerful message, an idea to it where if you look at verse 11 this is being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience it's it's very easy i think to skim over that because you've just got all these commas and you're just waiting to sort of get to the end of the sentence and you might skim over it without sort of thinking about it sometimes being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So we need to understand that even though you're a Christian, trials and tribulations will come in this life. And when they do, we need to endure with patience. I think we would do well to remember that. Just because we're a Christian does not mean that we'll never face another difficult time again. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be 
more hunky-dory, everything's going to go our way, there's never going to be another problem, everything's just going to be perfect. Nothing could be further from the truth. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that everything will go our way and everything will be perfect. In fact, Jesus says that you will face many trials and temptations in this life. So what we need to recognize is that regardless of our personal circumstances, there is a strength that God provides. We need to ask God for this strength and patience to endure what we are going through, and we need to remember that God is always in control. Nothing is a surprise to God. Even though it looks bad to you, and you don't understand what's going on, God is still in control. You cannot live faithfully and lovingly through the painful and difficult circumstances of life without the strength that God provides. This is not a physical strength that is being refer referred to here in verse 11. This is a supernatural strength that comes from God. And this strength is glorious, it says in verse 11. Do you ever think about that? God's strength is glorious. God's glorious might. There is nothing stronger in this world than God. Nothing in heaven, nothing on earth. Nothing is stronger than God. His glorious might is so strong that when Moses sees just a peak of God's glory, his face literally glows. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20, we see that this same glorious and mighty power of God raised Christ from the dead. Do you ever stop and think just how great, how glorious, how mighty our God is? God's glorious might. We see it again and again demonstrated throughout the Old Testament. Miracle after miracle after miracle. We see God holding back the waters of the seas so that the Israelites can pass to the other side. We see God crushing the enemies of Israel just by walking around the walls of Jericho. Our God is not some wimpy, weak, invisible nobody in the sky who just loves to see people suffer. Our God is mighty and glorious. And so the question that often comes next is this. How do we access God's power? We know that we cannot do anything without God. The Bible says that. The Bible also says that we can walk in victory. So why is it that we fail? We can become discouraged when we sin, especially when we know we ought to be walking in victory. We need to understand that there are times when we will fail because we are not perfect yet. We are still being transformed into the image of God day by day. That is the process of sanctification. First, I think we have to Ask God for his strength to get us through our weaknesses. We need to rely on Christ and nothing else. You can have an iron will and yet still fail to live in a way that honours God. In fact, this is the point of chapter 2 in Colossians, isn't it? It's that magical word called asceticism. That is, uh, trying to use your willpower to walk in obedience trying to discipline yourself in a way that you think will give you the desired outcome of victory over sin. But that's not, not successful, is it? That's never going to work. 
and that's Paul's point. Instead, we need to trust in our Saviour that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can and will change to become more Christ-like over time. It is not like there is some immediate magic spell that God uses to change us instantly into perfect human beings. He allows us to make mistakes. So what we need to do then is to walk in cooperation with God. Paul would say, walk by the Spirit and we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We need to have faith that God will strengthen you and enable you to persevere through trials and temptations. Yes, there will be times of failure. But remember, God's grace is sufficient for us. The debt has been paid for all time for the believer. It does not mean that we abuse God's grace and do whatever we like because God will forgive us anyway. No. Instead, we need to do our part as best as we can using the glorious strength that God provides. There is a strength that God provides that allows you to do good and live a life of love. I can remember uh, times in my life when I've been sorely tempted to punch someone in the face because I've been provoked to anger. But the peace of God and his spirit empowered and equipped me to not only not physically attack them, but to listen sympathetically, empathetically, to discuss with them their particular grievance and walk away in a peaceful resolution at the end of things. That's God's strength. That's supernatural. In the natural, you would want to hurt someone because they've hurt you, but God's Spirit allows us to exercise self-control it's a supernatural inner strength that God provides that allows us to walk in victory over sin. But it can take time to develop that dependence on God. Don't think that, you know, you can just pray to God one day and have this whole walking in victory thing in one night. It just doesn't work that way. God gives us the strength. He changes us over time, and it's a lifetime thing. It's not just a five-week program or something where you can walk in victory again. That would be a kind of asceticism, wouldn't it? But God gives us this process of sanctification. He helps us for our entire life to become more Christ-like. And so the second sort of part of that is the endurance part. We need to have endurance and patience when trials and temptations come. First, endurance has the idea of refusing to be afraid or be daunted by circumstances. That's a tough one. Even for me now, I sometimes struggle in this area. We need to be enduring through not being afraid, not being daunted by the things that happen in our life. And then patience has the idea of refusing to be upset with people. So endurance and patience in this context, in this verse, 
has the idea of first not being afraid or daunted by circumstances and second it has the idea of how we exercise patience when it comes to dealing with people and both of these things require faith in the strength of God to sustain you through both sets of circumstances and the fourth thing then that pleases God in this passage that we're looking at is giving God genuine thanks giving God genuine thanks giving God thanks in general sometimes can skip our minds if we're not careful we need to remember that everything that is good in our life is from God and that ought to produce in us joy it's a more profound thought than we realize sometimes without God nothing good can happen it might have the appearance of being good but in the end all it brings is disappointment there is no lasting joy without God God's common grace allows rain to fall on the just and the unjust God's common grace allows people to live God's common grace gives people countless blessings that the unsaved either fail to realize or they realize but they just refuse to give God thanks for it instead some people might say I achieved this great thing or by my hand I became a self-made man there's the I did this I did that I worked hard and I got this paycheck with my own ability my own hard work and they leave God out of it Christians on the other hand should not only recognize the grace of God in their lives but actively give God thanks and praise for it trials can come because God allows it to strengthen you to deepen your relationship with him and that ought to produce in us a thankful heart God could well be doing something bigger that we might not recognize we should have a heart and a mouth that actively says thank you God thank you for saving me thank you for choosing me to be your own dear child thank you for your provision in this time of need thank you for dot 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 you fill in the blank there is something to be thankful for and all of these things come from God there's always something to be thankful for if nothing else we can be thankful for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross in our place to pay a debt that we could never pay thanks for listening I hope that you've enjoyed this message and I look forward to sharing another one with you soon